Commanding Spirit led the way. Repetiteurs a length and a half away, and it's Commanding Spirit basically all the way in the last. The outside, breathing down his neck, and Relucent takes the lead late from accountability. Relucent in front, Relucent beat accountability. Roman 100 to go, holding Sir Rocket for the moment. He's got to come again, Sir Rocket, but Mandalong Roman's got him. Mandalong Roman, too good. Excess funds of the 100, excess funds, High Strangers, the late closer digs in. Excess funds trying to grip on High Stranger, dive, miss, excess funds. G'day punters, welcome to the Sydney Review Show. We're going to be taking a look at the Kemler Grange meeting, the gong as it was named, but uh, we'll start off just quickly and touch on the fact that the Golden Eagle's been extended for another four years, so it takes us through to 2026, many more years of a yellow bird race. Uh, Mark Sheehan, it was meant to be funded by odds and evens, but uh, 60% will be funded by the tab and the rest will be by an increase in product fees. Uh, Odds and evens. Do you have a, a line as to when you think that might be uh, coming to an end? No, I'm not too sure on that. But uh, I'll, I'll give Chris Roots a bit of a pat on the back there for actually mentioning it in the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, he said that it was the unsuccessful wagering option, uh, odds and evens, which we probably could have told <laughs> most of the people who bet on the spinner many years ago that that was going to go down the same path. But, uh, boy, gee, the tab are throwing plenty of money at a lot of races, aren't they? Yeah, they, they must have done pretty well this year with COVID. Hopefully, uh, for their sake, it lasts a few years longer. Um, they touched on the uh, real issue um, in that article, too. Um, when they talk about moving the Bondi to Melbourne Cup Day, because it's a million-dollar yeah. race, they'll be able to charge top whack race fields fees. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we did sort of mock them about odds and evens, but um, it's all about the race field fees and it looks like it's been pretty successful. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, look, we'll touch on Saturday just gone. Uh, the meeting overall, Mark Sheen, what did you think of uh, the gong meeting there from Saturday? Look, I didn't mind it. I think it's a bit of a change from normal Saturday racing to go to Newcastle and then uh, Wollongong. I did nearly choke on the cornflakes this morning when I read somewhere that uh, said it was worthy, the field was worthy of Group 1 status. Um, oh. I think that's a little bit of Spin City right there. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, I thought it was an interesting day's racing. And uh, as I said, a bit of a diversion from the normal Saturdays. Yes, indeed. Uh, Mark Roden, first Saturday with us on the on the service. Uh, how'd you go overall? You had Kembla Grange, you had, I think, Gosford as well. Yeah, I uh, ended up in front. It was a grind, but we won. Um, <clears throat> And that made it a winning first week too, which was pleasing. Would have been a, a monstrous first week if we'd got a couple of photos at Rose Hill on Friday, but that wasn't to be. But um, yeah, there was plenty of action and finished uh, with the head in front on what looked a tough day on paper. And Rob Scarry, you've just returned from tennis. <laughs> you're I'm a freshen up, but uh, your thoughts on uh, on the gong meeting there from Saturday? Oh, look, I, I didn't go, so I, yeah. I, I can't comment too much. I, I had a shocker. I think my only winner on the day of in-run punting was victim to something at Tachira. Mm -hmm. um, and when Dawn Passage jumped out well, I thought, oh, that'll put that, you know, that's going to win. So, yeah. yeah. Next year, no gong for me, just just complete freshen up. No, no, no betting. Sounds good. Uh, you've got Warwick Farm Wednesday and then a meeting on Saturday. Thoughts for the, uh, the punters ahead? Yeah, look, I'm keen to get back on track, as I always am. Um, I'm not sure if it Warwick Farm wins. So they start a bit late this this time of year, so oh. Warwick Farm might be out. But I might try my luck at Canterbury. I think they're running up Canterbury Friday night and back up with Rose Hill on Saturday, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. 
Beauty. Well, let's uh, we'll touch on races three, four, and then the quaddy legs six through nine. We'll start with race three, which was won by accountability, but uh, after a protest, uh, J Mac was on accountability this time after it won last start as well. Relucent with Nash. Uh, we'll be talking about Nash a fair bit today, I think, on the show. Mark Shan, I'll start with you. Obviously, the protest was fired in. There's no head head on vision that um, I'm able to find on racing. New South Wales's website, but uh, you would have been able to see the, the vision there on replay after the event. Yeah, look, um, look, I've stopped framed it a few times. I, I had something on the winner. I backed a couple in the race. Um, just when significance went up favourite on Wednesday, the tab didn't go up with their market and a few other corporates went up and the market was a bit skew with, I thought, so I, I was lucky to have something on the winner at $15. But uh, as I said, I backed a couple in the race. But uh, there did only appear to be a run for a very short time there. Uh, Stuart stopped framing and saying that, um, you know, he'd established a run. Not quite sure that he had, but I'm happy that they think that way. Uh, <laughs> then Relucent rolled in and uh, when Significance uh, rolled in as well, they followed each other in, or, or one followed the other, I should say. And the Stewards deemed that uh, accountability established a run. As I said, I reckon it was only a millisecond, but uh, look, he, he probably was a good thing beaten uh, on the day and the protest has been upheld, so perhaps the best horse was won, but uh, I, I think I'd be a little bit filthy if I was on the first past the post. I apologise there. The stewards for vision, you actually just have to click the button and say, stewards, it's still a bit early here. <laughs> um, <laughs> on both of those scalpers there. Uh, the better result was relucent, though. Yeah, typical, wasn't it? This is yeah. the first protest I can remember being upheld in my favour in about 15 years, and it's cost me money. So, but, um, <laughs> but um, that's good. Yeah, I don't know. What have what they? It didn't look like he really established a run. You know, he's shifted in without the being two weeks clear. Um, it, it's got a bit of honour. Honor, uh, sorry, honour and take over target on honour and war. <laughs> oh, don't bring up Ray Graves. Oh, Graves. <laughs> Look, I don't um, care. I, I, I don't care as long as they're consistent. But they're not consistent, so it's protest lotto. In our yeah. chat group, it was like, oh, it's about 50-50. We, yeah. we, we, did, we didn't know. No, we didn't know. No. So, um, anyway, it's good to be on the... It, it was a lot better position to be in than I had been um, waiting for the photos at Rose Hill on uh, Friday when I didn't have the second horse or the April oh, winners. But, um, yeah, I agree. Bit of a coin flip, the, uh, the decision that... Anyway, what do you do? Will there be any consistency? Can we, we should be able to cite this as a, as a precedent. When they're in these situations, I reckon the connections of the forces should be able to cite previous protest decisions because I'm totally unclear, you know, 40 years into the game or you know, 30 years into the game, which way protest can this uh, I think it was a lot harder to get a protest in the old days. I think in the last couple of years, it's, it's become a bit easier, just mm. in my opinion. Is the actual getting of evidence by jockeys and trainers of any use? I mean, no, I, I think um, we can probably dispense with that, but uh, yeah. I suppose they just go through the normal standards that they've done. Um, yeah. There's been a couple of protests which have been, you know, the, the true detective superior one yeah. uh, was, uh, you know, was a bit of a head scratcher as well. Um, that's a couple of years ago now, but. Uh, I think there was another one. I just can't cite the name at the moment, so I shouldn't talk about it. But there was another one that was a bit of a head scratcher as well. Mark, where do you stand on takeover Tiger honour in war? Oh well, no, though I, th I, still, I can't believe that that was almost in the Schwarzier Planchet uh, bracket <laughs> for mine. 
<laughs> I was on Schweiz here as well. Back to the start of his autumn two year <laughs> campaign. Uh, good horse. I love hearing you guys talk about protest results. Amazing. Um, in terms of the rest of the field, it was a very fast run race. They've gone six lengths faster than the class on the punting form data to the to the six hundred uh, over the two thousand meters. Is this potentially a one of those rare staying events where it might have some level of form going forward? Uh, Mark Sheen, I'll throw to you first. Well, he's a very nice horse. This horse, he, even though he won the other day at Rose Hill, to my eye, he still looked uh, probably a run short or a half a run short at least. Um, he was up a bit in weight, but I think that's now three wins from only five starts in Australia or something like that. So, um, you know, he's a progressive type, and he, he does look like he'll run 2,400 metres as well. So I don't think this is the bottom of him by any stretch of the imagination, even though this was a pretty even sort of field. Stockman ran okay, probably just got a little bit too far back and probably wants a bit of cut out of the track. Not sure that Kerwin's Lane actually got a strong 2,000 metres from the position he was in. Um, so I think the winner is certainly the one to follow. Mark Roden, is that the way that you're seeing race three there from Saturday? Yeah, it's 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 a pretty good race. Um, I think sometimes with staying races that are truly run, it can flatter them a bit because so many of them aren't. Yep. Uh, so it can be a bit misleading, but um, they're, they're not a bad group, I think. Okay. Well, let's uh, jump to race four over the thousand. Hulk uh, was far too good for the rest of the field. Um, on an even tempo, 1.8 length slow to the 600 there. Um, but look, overall, you know, Tommy Berry got the horse into a lovely spot and it was far too good. Mark Sheen, uh, your views from race four there on Saturday? Um, well, I think Chris Wallace sort of sorted Hulk out now. It's just keeping a little bit fresher and keeping him to these shorter races. And he seems to be appreciating that. His last couple of runs have been really good. He was unlucky. I know Mark was on him in Rose Hill last start. And things fell, fell into place for him a little bit here. There was uh, four horses went out hard. Mansa Musa got left and sort of that put him out of play a little bit. And Destination failed first uh, at the end of his preparation, I should say. So uh, things fell into place for Hulk, but uh, good to see him hitting the line now. It took a long time to win a race, but at least he's uh, getting to the line nowadays. Mark Roden, what was your thought going into race four there on Saturday? Um yeah, I, I had just, I was the same as the market virtually. I had destination and Hulk one two, but my concern at this stage of the meeting was that both were going to be uh, probably second half of the field. Yep. Um, that put me off Hulk. Didn't Hulk? He was very strongly supported. Um, but yeah, I ended up just treading. I wanted to tread it very warily. Had a very small bet on Ghostly out of Barrier One for Nash, um, but yeah, didn't really want anything to do with it. I, um, could make cases against the top two in, in the market, but yeah, with, um, it did set up nicely for Hulk, and he was just too good, really. Yep. And are you going to be following any uh, any of the other runners, any of the bed brigade you can make a case for? I don't know. Mansa Musa had an excuse for sure, but um, he, he could be a, could be best fresh anyway, so they might have yep. missed their shot at the title this time in. But um, I wouldn't set that in stone. But that could be a, an issue with him. Um, Broken arrows has run on. He always runs on. Um, no, not really. I just let these turn up um, uh, where they turn up, and I assume destinations headed for the prep now. Rob, talk to me about Hulk. Oh, it's a, it's a horse I found early in its career yeah. uh, on many a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I it's just a perfect waller. Um, I didn't know whether it was a miler or, or a thousand meter horse. Turns out it's a thousand meter horse. It's just um, <clears throat> no, looks. looks it's always looked like a, a, a sort of a Saturday horse to me, and it finally is one. Um, yep. I don't really, most of these look like Wednesday horses to me. 
um, destination, <clears throat> better fresh, yeah, um, flat off a, off the wet run. Yep. Uh, we'll leap from race five and go straight into race six, which was the benchmark 78 for the Phillies and Mares over the 1,200. Uh, and Trepidatious was a horse that obviously uh, I think a fair few of us had a, a bit of confidence around and got to the front and had a very easy lead and it was probably too easy in the end. They've gone 5.9 lengths slow to the 600 on the punning form data and it's been overrun late by uh, Turnstile, McCrura and the winner, Stolen Jade. Uh, Mark Sheehan, run us through race six from your point of view. Yeah, and Trepidatious uh, did get a soft lead here. Um, maybe being left in front the first run for about six weeks was probably just a bridge too far uh, in hindsight. Um, she had her chance. Yeah. Stolen Jade will just uh, has come back in outstanding form. Um, three wide first up, faced the breeze, leading a half a length at Canterbury. Was heavily back there just before 9am um, on Betfair and then trimmed right up uh, on the corporate, so uh, it was hard in the market. Lovely to ride from J Ford just to let the leader go and then try and get her to settle with a trail or at least sit at the quarter of the leader anyway. Um, I thought the run of the race here was definitely done Brody Power though. Um, was four wide on a limb for the first section of the race, a long way back, and this was race was so slowly running and all the horses had finished in the placings were right up on the speed. So I thought, without a doubt, this was the best run in the race done, Barry Power. Yep. Uh, Mark Roden, you obviously sent out the, the late bet on Stolen Jade after having a, a few units on Intrepidatious. Just run us through the race uh, as it's unfolding. Have <clears throat> you watched the run? Yeah, I was on pretty good terms with myself. Um, your point might be right, maybe would have been better running them along a bit more, but um, I was, I thought it was the winner turning for home. Um, thought it was a little bit disappointing at face value. Um, yes, luckily we saved the furniture on Stolen Jade. I was against McCrura who got held up a little bit. Um, it's, you know, she's going okay. I mean, how long a prep she's going to stand with her, perhaps her physical limitations remains to be seen. Uh, excellent run down Brady Power. I'm just, every, every start I'm going to be worried about her racing style because I, I think she just always gets back. Uh, Enlightened Me was very good as well, but um, whether she's just at 30 to 1 or something, but um, whether she's a fresh horse uh, is another query as well. Um, one with a bit of a more attractive, to me anyway, racing uh, pattern is Turnstile. I think um, I think it's come back pretty well. It came out of that horrible race on the wet track um, that Miss Steed won first up, but I think she's actually performed better here and running second in uh, this better quality race, and there might be a Saturday win in her not um, too far away. Rob, what's your thoughts on a couple of these runners? You've got Stolen Grade, uh, Stolen Jade, Turnstile, McCrura, first three across the line, and then Intrepidatious. Um, do you have any leaning to any of those horses at the moment? Mate, I, I didn't really get. I don't really can't, don't have a profile on Stolen Jade. I, I yeah. can't remember it. Maybe I wasn't there when it ran previously, or was that meeting I was in the, the grandstand at, at yeah. Rose Hill? I, I'm, I'm not sure, but. Um, you know, I said last time when I was keen to take Makura on, she'd be short. She's here, she is $3. Uh, yeah, you know, I did lay the place. So it looks like a pretty pretty average race and intrepidatious John O'Shea. Do you really want to take a short price about that? his horses on a Saturday? I don't think you do. It wasn't short though. It was, yeah. It's $5. <laughs> I guess it's not short. Yeah, I guess Makura's in something's got to win. Um, yeah. J Ford, Clary Connors, there's a... <laughs> It's not a really um, gold combination on a stat day, you would think, but here we yeah. are. Great game. All right. Race seven, the gong. There it is. Oh, 
million dollars over the mile. Um, Archidemus, it's been a horse that's sort of come up a few times so far on our previous shows and we've sort of wondered, you know, what's going to happen with this galloper and here he is just settling on speed and what was an even speed, 1.2 lengths fast to the 600 in punning forms data and holding off Dawn Passage late. Uh, Mark Chen, I'll go to you first. Uh, what was your thoughts heading into the gong there and, and watching the race, which horses are you going to be following, if any of them back up out of this? Yeah, look, uh, I thought it was a, a tough race and I, I couldn't have backed the winner. I thought uh, a couple of runs out, he failed in the wet, which is uh, going he normally does like. Uh, and he was disappointing there. He did bounce back a little bit at Hawkesbury when he was beaten by Black on Gold, who you'd hardly say is a uh, horse who wins very often. So I thought it was a tough race and uh, I never got near the money here. Dawn Passage loomed to win, I think. I think the only horse out of the race was Brandenburg to take, uh, mm. was dragged right back from a wide alley. Um, normally he's a horse who settles in the first first half of the race at least. Uh, I thought he made nice ground through the line, but, you know, he's had four or five runs now this time in. So a lot of these horses, I'm not sure if they'll press on to the wards, the Villiers. Um, many of them have probably had their grand final and then another grand final on Saturday <laughs> and they're gone. They've, they've gone twice. Yeah, exactly right. Um Mark Roden, the, the market managed to find uh, Cascadian once again. It's been found a few mm -hmm. times down in Victoria, and there it was once more, but obviously it's always going to typically settle back. But um, in terms of the, the first couple across the line, on review, could you have found Archidemus at all? Um, no, I, I don't think so. What's happened here is the um, positive piece and Archidemus have got out six lengths in front and they weren't going hard. So there's been some... Mm -hmm. Uh, probably misjudged rides here. They um, probably working off the uh, the margin from leader uh, rather than how fast they're actually going. So, um, yeah. Some of the jockeys back in the field who were set uh, huge tasks. Yeah, I uh, don't really know what to take out of the race. Purple Sect was very disappointing. It was the one that was actually closest to the two leaders and looked within striking distance and didn't finish off. Um, a few of those have finished off okay, like Cascadian. And good run, think it over, I thought, back to the mile after mm. a bit of a wide trip as well. Uh, probably forgive, there's a few to forgive like Asiago and Batiga, but where, where they end up, I'm, I'm not really sure. So uh, I'm not going to label anything uh, a black book or anything out of this race. No, exactly. Um, you know, that, that potential group one field, uh, yeah, maybe not so much uh, watching the replay. Rob, did you have any thoughts uh, with any of these? I mean, obviously you've seen quite a few of them. Some yeah. have come back up from Victoria. Uh, you know, this is a group, group three welter field. Yeah. Um, Dawn Passage, I don't think he gets the mile. I don't think the stables, you know, getting anywhere at the moment. They just can't seem to get over the line. You know, Yao Dash down in Melbourne was uh, terrible. But, yeah, Jay Ford, City Double. Um, Brandenburg, um, yeah, good run. Purple Sector, fresh, better. Mm. Best of days, he seems to be need to be retired. Um, you know, just hit his level. Like, he's going to have to run a lot more to sort of get his rating points down. Um, reloaded, run, run fourth. There you go. Um, you know, Think It Over seems to be better than a Saturday horse. You know, you want to wait for age race. Didn't think you could do that. But, yeah, he's, he's, he's a horse that parades well and is racing well. But, you know, where's, where's he going to go? Maybe the Villiers. Maybe there's the Villiers horse. They're confusing races, aren't they? Because a lot of them, a couple of them have been to Melbourne to run in a group one. They come back. Uh, they're having any, you know, another throw at the stuff. It was like the, the Hunter last week. You've had horses racing through 
that would normally go for spells at this time, and mm. then they're sort of just going for one more run or two more runs just for the for the million dollars, which you don't blame the owners. You, you want to do it yourself, but um, it can play with the form a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's just sort of messed up the the, the pattern of uh, the you know the different races <laughs> they'd be aimed at at this time of year. It, it's <clears throat> yeah, just throw, throwing a few things out of whack. So Arcadena's is straight off to the paddock. He's only had three or four runs, hasn't he? And that's yeah. it. Yeah, he's only lively thrown, so yeah. you can see the reason for that. That is a good point, though, because then going forward to the autumn, I mean, does that then interrupt the traditional preparation for a lot of these horses for some of the autumn races just by extending the spring into the summer? They don't really get a proper break, and I don't know, does that really make some of these form a little bit iffy when you see them resume next prep? I don't know. Oh, and could that sorry, sorry, boys? Could that be an animal welfare animal welfare issue? Running running horses too long as well. Oh, the shorter know. the shorter springs, shorter break back to the autumn. These aren't these aren't going to be running in the wait for age races, Robert. But they might be running in them, but they're not. You know, going to be Queen Elizabeth or Australian Cup champions in the autumn. Yeah. I don't know how much of that is going to stuff up. I did hear um, on the radio this morning that Best of Days was still in the market for uh, the Kingston Town over here in WA in two weeks. So I think uh, I assume you won't be making the plane trip uh, for numerous reasons. Race 8 on Saturday was a benchmark 88 over the mile. Matawi, Chris Waller, J-Mac uh, settled back in the field, managed to get over top of the Laborate and Betcha Flying who was sneaking up the inside there. Uh, Vegas Jewel was also pretty close up there as well. So a bunch finish in the end. Slow tempo, no surprise. It was a bunch finish. 4.6 lengths slow on the punting form data to the 600. Uh, Mark Shan, run us through race eight. And is there anything you're possibly following coming out of it? Uh, well, this is probably, apart from Hulk, the only race, the last two races where you could sort of make ground from the back of the field. Most of the other winners were all in the leading division. Um, well, Matawi uh, backed up from last week. He was back from 1850 to a mile, which probably suited him a little bit better. But, you know, he doesn't win out of turn. I first uh, win this time in for about nine or ten runs. So just one of those races. So I thought Betcha Flying was going to win when she dived through uh, with no weight on her back. Just didn't sustain the run. I think Elaborate's the one that's going forward. He can get up to 2,400 metres. So... The fact that he sprinted so well fresh um, in shorter races this time in, a little bit longer, he can handle dry, he can handle wet. So I think he's the one to take out of the race. Mark Roden, it was a pretty interesting market from 9am through to jump time. Obviously, Matau, he was around that $7 mark in the morning. Betcha Flying was uh, much the same, and they both firmed in. And Birdie Bat coming up from Mel Melbourne really got the blows uh, towards the end there. Yeah, there, there must have been a bit of information that was going to miss the start by eight lengths, which I uh, missed. <laughs> I, I chased it. I, I had no intention of backing him, but the price got so big. I didn't think he mapped well, even if he had jumped. But uh, when he was, you know, getting out to approaching double figures, I was just a little horse of his quality. I had to have something on. And he was out of play. I actually thought he was tracking into the race, okay, coming around the turn, but the, um, the effort told. Um, yeah, I mean, you might remember on Thursday, Matawi was the first horse I mentioned. I thought it was a good price, but I'd already missed the 8 and 8.50 that was uh, around in the first markets. I thought, ah, oh, six ish is still acceptable, but I'll wait and see, wait and see. And they just kept cutting the price and cutting the price, and I, I missed it. I couldn't couldn't back it at under four to one where it landed. Um, unfortunately, ended up on Elaborate. I thought it was, um, yeah, the market I thought was too heavily against it. 
either because it was second up or because it was a dry track. I thought I didn't think he was a wet tracker at all. I think he's capable on both. Yeah. And he's gone with it very close, been beaten a short or about a half ahead. Um, bit, you know, with the exception of Berdebeck, who came up from Melbourne, it was it's pretty much usual suspects though, isn't it? It's uh, again not a not a huge amount of um, stuff to take away from it. Yeah, well, what exactly. did you think of the start, Mark? Did you have a look at the start there, the head-on or not? I didn't. I, no, I, I, I didn't actually. I was moving on to something else, I think. But um, uh, what, what, what did you make of it? Well, he did look to still be moving around there. He had an attendant in with him and he, yeah. he was he was a bit fidgety in the stalls. Yeah. The next minute, the finger went up from the assistant starter behind that everything was sweet. Yeah. They pressed the button and he went up in the air. Look, you can't predict that they're going to do that. But no. um, I'm not sure that he was standing properly and they actually affected a start. I think, and as we saw the other week with um, Girl Tuesday, unless it's been actually restrained by the attendant or something, they're not going to um, give you your money back. Well, the attendant did have hold of it, and another attendant next to him started pointing at the oh. attendant. <laughs> slight hold of it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, the horse ran, so yeah. what can you do? A little bit funny there, actually. I was just watching it then. Uh, it's almost a sidestepping. Uh, <laughs> usual suspects, as Mark Roden called them. Uh, do you have time for any of these usual suspects? Berdebeck, I've got time for. I'm um, mm. just slightly in front on him overall. Uh, but I think he's fresher, or, you know, hopefully, I think John O'Shea will space his runs. Um, you know, maybe he's the Villiers horse. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, Matawi's got up by a small margin. Um, <clears throat> Amazing ride to get it home. Spencer's probably, you know, if Bjorn could get Spencer back, I'd I'd love to see it. Um, you know, he's been one of mine in the past. Vegas Jewel keeps going around. Uh, Betcha flying. There's your mark for the race. Is that a Wednesday or a Saturday <laughs> horse? I don't know. Yeah. Betcha flying. Seventy-two rater or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll go to the last. It was benchmark seventy-eight over fourteen hundred. And look, Monagol has got the the win here off a of slow tempo. Three point eight lengths slow to the six hundred. Punning forms data. It's edged out uh, night of power, but. I guess it's probably more about Greek Hero than anything in terms of there has been a an inquiry uh, adjourned there to the performance of Greek Hero and Nashra Willer. Mark Shan, what is your opinion on that matter? Okay, well, the horse uh, did get left and just looking at the head on, there wasn't much he could do at the start there. I think the horses around him did sort of crowd him a little bit, so I doubt that he could have made any positional move in the early part after he missed the start. But the concern is his vigour from about the 450 to the 200 metres. Now, look at Nash on Friday on instant attraction, for instance. This horse is trucking up behind the leaders, can't get a run, can't get a run. As soon as the run appears, he rides it like his life depends on it. And that did not appear to be the case on Saturday when a run appeared for Greek Hero at the 450 metre mark. He seemed to take a long time to get through his gears, Nash, to, to get him rolling. And it wasn't until probably the 150 metre mark that things got a bit serious. Yeah. Uh, mark Roden, what did you end up in race nine? Because I suspect I know the answer. Uh, what did I end up doing on the race? Yeah. No, nothing, stayed out. Okay, good. <laughs> I thought it was one of those where you ended up backing Greg Hero. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, um, yeah, it was 
yeah, don't have don't have much more to add to what Mark said. Sorry, Greek hero. Um, yeah, funny, um, funny writing. Um, the, uh, obviously, we don't have full access to what goes on in the stewards' room, but the atmosphere got a bit tense there. Um, Nash was being asked some questions, and he was um, firing back at um, Wade Birch and the stewards. Um, from what I read, um, asking him to ask the questions more politely and stuff like that. So um, he uh, he got his back up a bit of being um, being called in, obviously. Rob, I'd left by this stage. I was I yeah. was off out to dinner. Um, <laughs> not su not surprised to see Monaco win. Um, Rule of the world is is that finished? Um, I, I haven't even watched the race, so I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> all, all good. Um, Martin, <laughs> <laughs> was there anything else out of the race, Mark, that uh, you thought might have been worth uh, touching on going forward? Look, uh, Night of Power has been gelded this time in, and uh, he's still just in the parade off the TV. Probably was a run short. He's a very gross horse yeah. um, who tried well but didn't hit his straps last time in. But um, I think it was a touch unlucky here. I think Cuban Royal just came up and just put him in a bit of a pocket for a stride or two at the top of the straight. I think that was the difference between winning and losing. Monegal was on the outside and had clear air and was able to wind up, whereas Knight of Power just had to check for that stride or two, and I think it might have cost him the race at the finish. So I think it augurs well for him going forward, uh, particularly in a race over a little bit further. Um, but away from that, I think Rule the World's probably cooked and Greek Hero, well, we've all seen that. Except for me. And I will say, um, I will go have a look after this. Uh, and I was on Night of Power last prep, and it, it, it was very disappointing. Looks like a decent horse. Looks like a, a Saturday horse to me. A good Saturday horse. All right, very good. I'll get a couple of horses to follow uh, from each of you. Mark Sheen, I'll start with you. Is there one or two that really stand out from the card at Kembla? Uh, yeah, I thought Dun Brody Powell. Another one was um, Golly I'm Lucky. I can't find what race it was in now, but it was another one who was right out the back. He's uh, a horse who, that's his normal pattern, but I think the way the track was playing at that stage of the day certainly was against it. So uh, I think it was a good run and Dun Brody Powell, the other one. So they're the two and yep. uh, the Greek in the last, but he'll be pretty short next start, no doubt. I would have thought so. Uh, Mark Roden for yourself, a couple to follow from the meeting. Um, yeah, I, same race as Golio Unlucky, race five. I thought Juventus, which the market told us uh, wasn't run run short, short, was about four run short. So actually run on pretty well for, he got out to 50 to one and it's run third, run on well, quite well for third. Um, so he might be in for a decent prep. Um, and I'll be looking, um, yeah, maybe go against the crowd with Greek Hero next time because every man and his dog's seen it. Uh, I, I anticipate he'll go up extremely short if he steps out in similar grade next time and then that might make the market. And again, um, I think people are going to make excuses for Makura um, in the mayor's race. And so she'll probably go up favourite again next time out um, if they're pressing on with their prep. And that might um, give us an opportunity as well. Do we think there'll be a jockey change on Greek Hero? Well, uh, he, he is the, I think he's the retained rider for Dynamic, yeah. so um, he does all this stuff. So uh, it's it's quite doubtful. Okay. okay. And uh, Rob, I won't get a, a horse to follow because obviously uh, you weren't in the yard there, but uh, Saturday, Rose Hill, possibly Canterbury. What's, uh, what's the first thing you're going to do when you let back on course? I'm, I'm assuming you get full freedom this time. You won't be confined up to uh, a grandstand or anything like that. Oh, I don't know. Just let, let the horses talk to me. You know? <laughs> should be, 
looking forward to it. Um, been, been in the run, back on track. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait as well because I'll have uh, Mark Roden's set coming through. I'll have the prices there. I'll have Rob Scurry just giving me the late stuff out of the yard. And I'll probably be standing in the yard at Ascot while trying to look at that on two phones and trying to send out mail on another one. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, guys, it's been great. We'll preview the Rose Hill meeting on Thursday. So thank you for joining me. Enjoy the week ahead. We've got uh, Warwick Farm on Wednesday, Mark Roden. And then anything else that you're focusing on? Obviously, Canterbury on Friday. But... Yeah, not, not not doing the Newcastle meeting tomorrow. It's a Cessnock meeting, so I'm just going to duck that one. But then we've got yeah, Warwick Farm, Wyong, Canterbury, uh, two meetings on Saturday and back to Newcastle on Sunday. So six meetings across five days, so plenty of bank for your buck. All right, enjoy that. If you want uh, any of Mark Roden's set, head to the mailbag.com.au. Same with Rob Scurry's late mail out of the mounting yard. Mark Sheen, thank you as always. I'll speak to you on Thursday. Thanks, boys. See you later.